0: Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the 12th day of April, and today we finish the story of Jesus walking on the sea as related in the sixth chapter of the book of Mark. We're working our way through the gospel of Mark. We got all the way up to the moment where Jesus speaks to the disciples as he's walking past them. They're troubled, and he talked with them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And I left you with that yesterday. So that that could be the phrase you carried through the day with you. It's I, be not afraid. That leads us to verse 51. And I know that we could have just jammed these two verses, 51 and 52, are really the end of the story. We could have just thrown them in yesterday. But if we did that, we would have to short something that I think is pretty vital to the story. I'm just going to read them together. Verses 51 and 52. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. Now, we can get lost here in the spectacular. The fact that in verse 51, Jesus gets in the boat, the wind stops blowing, boom, they're amazed. And who wouldn't be? I mean, we got in this boat to go across, the wind picks up, we're trying to cross the sea. Here comes a shadowy figure walking on the water. We all thought it was a ghost. And by ghost, they literally think they're seeing some sort of spirit that's walking past. They don't think it's a human. And why would they? Humans don't walk on the water. And so if it's out here, it can't be real But then it speaks to them and it speaks to them in the voice of Jesus. And he says, be of good cheer. I'm not afraid. He gets into the boat. Can you imagine as he gets into the boat, how freaked out they are? (laughs) Like this shadowy figure walks all the way over to the boat, looks like Jesus, sounds like Jesus, swings his leg up over into the boat. Other gospel accounts will show us that Peter had went out and tried to walk on the water with him and had sank. So we're to assume that um, as Peter is relating this story to Mark, he just don't want you to know about that for, for reasons we, we talked about yesterday as possibilities. When Jesus gets in the boat, they're amazed. Why would they not be? It's easy then to sort of check out, if you're the reader, and miss the importance of verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. For they had not understood about the loaves speaks back to why they're amazed and why they marvel. Mark seems to be saying if they had understood what they had just seen in the feeding of the 5000 this wouldn't shock them. And that leads us to the question of why? Why is the feeding of the 5000 so vital that if they had gotten it they wouldn't be surprised by seeing Jesus walk on the sea? Well, I think there are two reasons. I want to give you I want to give you the one that might link back to the Old Testament first. I say might because we're just always making connections. It's hard to say if they made the same connections, but they're connections we can make. So we'll start there and then we'll move on to one that I think is a little more spiritual or at least practically spiritual. So, John the Baptist dies, has his head cut off. Jesus goes into the to a private place to grieve, the crowd comes to him. He's moved with compassion. He teaches them. He heals them. He feeds them with a little kid's lunch. He multiplies it. It's possible that Jesus is in, whether whether purposely, whether by direction of the Spirit, I'm not capable of saying, but it's possible that Jesus is intentionally replaying the Elisha story Elijah, Jesus called John the Baptist Elijah. For anyone who would accept him, Jesus said, he's Elijah. The next character in the Elijah story is Elisha or Elisha, as the Hebrews would say. But let's go ahead and pronounce it in our vernacular. Elisha. And Elisha has a double portion anointing of Elijah. In many respects, Jesus is the Elisha. He is that which is beyond the Elijah. John's dead, Elijah's gone, Jesus is alive, Elisha's alive. One of Elisha's first miracles was the multiplication of a pot of stew. In 2 Kings chapter 4, he multiplied a pot of stew to feed a hundred men with some left over. Jesus' first miracle after learning of the death of John the Baptist, a.k.a. Elijah, for those of you who will receive him, is to multiply with food left over a boy's lunch. One lunch feeds an excessive amount of people with food left over. Elisha takes one lunch, feeds an excessive amount of people with food left over. Had the disciples got that connection... They might have also known that one of the next miracles Elisha performs is to make the axe head float. A man is working. He's using an axe to cut down a tree. His axe head flies off of the axe handle. It goes into the river. He says, oh man, that that was borrowed. And so Elisha says, where is it? And the man points where it was. Elisha cuts a stick off a tree, throws it in the water, the iron head floats. He defies gravity. The iron head comes to the top of the river. This is one of the next miracles Elisha performs. It could be that when the text says if they had understood the loaves, they wouldn't have been amazed. And it could be because if they had understood that Jesus is simply replaying Elisha, then they would have realized that he defies gravity by walking on water type of what Elisha did with the axe head. That's possible. All of those things are possible. But here is a spiritual practical application I leave you with. I think that the disciples were fearful because they had not really had a revelation of the provision of Jesus. Even though Jesus provided. They were there at the feeding of the 5,000. They saw it but they didn't comprehend it. You can be a part of something and not have a revelation of it. You can even partake in it and not have a revelation of it. People do this with church all the time. They go to church. They hear the good news. They participate. They don't have a revelation. It's when you have a revelation of who Christ is that it all changes for you. Otherwise, it can become a social club, something to put on your resume, something to do because you don't have anything else to do, something to do because you're trying to achieve something with God. But when you have a revelation of Jesus, it becomes a vital link to your past and to your future. We are afraid because we have not had a revelation of the provision of God, even though I say to you that God has provided. I pray today that in the midst of all of your provision, you realize and have a revelation that it is God who provides, and then you'll be of good cheer and not be afraid. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.